What's up, sports ballers? Welcome to episode 14 of Sports Ball. In this episode, Andrew and I discuss one of the best things ever, college football. So we take a look at the preseason top 25. We discuss who we think is going to make the playoff, who has a chance to at least. And then we highlight a few games that are important to us, be they Michigan games or Nebraska games. And uh, we drop a little uh, a little secret there at the end of the episode. So stay tuned and uh, enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. New phone, who's this? Hello. Long time no see, Cam. What's up, man? How are you? It has been a long time. I think the last time we talked, the Royals were still um, in contention for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, our last episode came out on July 18th, and it is now August 29th. We have, yeah. been, uh, we have been some busy dudes, though, so, you know. Yep. They've been life. eliminated, and life happens, right? Exactly. Exactly. But uh, I am super pumped because we're talking college football, and it, you know, it's been a long time since that's been an option. So it has uh, actually never been an option on this show. This I mean, we've discussed it, but we we have uh, reached the point now. This is kind of like our our final first season of, of things to discuss. This is true. Wow, how time flies! But uh, yeah, we've we've made it. We're, we're like twenty four hours out for well, you know, there was. Some, college football on this past Saturday, but now we're officially like 24 hours out from uh, from it really getting going. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. It's like all of a sudden it's just like, oh, it's here. Okay, great. <laughs> so we're going to try we're going to try and do our best to uh, let the people know what they should expect. Indeed. And I think it's going to be a great season. Oh, yeah. There's it's there's going to be a lot. I mean, there already is a lot to talk about. Um, even just on-field stuff, let alone some of the off-field stuff, which I don't necessarily want to get into just because, like, you know, drama, people are dumb. You know, that's what life is. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of really, really good teams this year. It's going to be super interesting to see how all the conferences shake out. And we follow arguably the deepest and best conference this year, in my opinion. Yeah, take that, SEC. Yep, they're Boom. done. Yeah, no, so for those that, that haven't figured it out yet, Andrew and I are both Big Ten guys. Uh, I am a Michigan man, and you, sir, are a, you're a Nebraska guy. Yes, I, I like it. You're a Michigan man, I'm just a Nebraska guy. Well, I couldn't think of any alliteration for that, so I panicked and just said guy. I, there was nothing, there was nothing, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there was no hidden meaning to that. I just panicked and couldn't think of a better word. <laughs> I was going to call you a corn husker, but uh, I, I, have you ever husked any corn out there in the fields? No, I mean, I've prepped <laughs> corn on the cob to be eaten. That's fair. That probably counts. Yeah. All right. So we've got a lot that we do want to talk about. Um, but do you just want to quickly, before we jump into like, uh, you know, Big Ten or playoff discussions or whatever, just run through the top 25 and just kind of get a lay of the land? Yeah, so um, I assume we're using the Associated Press Top 25 here. Yeah, I mean, I've got the coaches poll pulled up next to it, but, I mean, they're wildly similar, so it, we should be good. Either yeah, I way. mean, top-heavy top with the Big Ten, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan all in the top 15, 
Um, and what, four of those five are all in the same division? Um, yeah, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State are all in the Big Ten West. Or yeah. sorry, Ten East. Yeah, so that will uh, that'll be chaos. And then, you know, you've got the, the familiar ones, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, your top three. Um, and then, you know, some – some of the kind of old standbys, Notre Dame, uh, Stanford, uh, USC there, uh, Notre Dame's 12, Stanford 13, South Carolina 15. Uh, then you get some Big 12 action with TCU, West Virginia, and then it's you know kind of a smattering of teams that went uh, anywhere from about 9-4 and four last year to 7-6, and six. plus you've got the group of five teams in UCF and Boise at 21 and 22 respectively. So <clears throat> I don't think there's, there's really any arguments. I was listening to a podcast the other day about college football and they're like, you know, after 15, it's kind of like those teams could all probably, you could make a case for one position or another. And uh, I, I kind of agree with that, that the 15 through 25, that, that's going to shake itself out pretty quickly um, in the first few weeks. Yeah, and, and the thing with the, the preseason top 25 is there's always going to be one or two teams that are ranked top 10, top 5 that wind up failing, and there's going to be those teams that are either unranked or like, you know, 23, 24, or whatever, that overshoot. But for the most part, like, barring major injury, which in the, especially in football is, is a huge if, like, I would venture to say of these 25, probably – 12 of them will still be there at the end of the season. Oh, and yeah. Those, and those are the ones that were, you know, going to be in the top the top 15 um, because their programs are just so strong and so deep, and there's been so much consistency in the coaching staff and the play style and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting to see these the, the, the preseason stuff, but know that half the teams that are listed will be gone by probably week six or seven from the top 25. Yeah. One of my favorite things that uh, ESPN.com does is the eliminator and they essentially start with all 130 teams. And after each week they eliminate, um, you know, ho- however many teams based on wins and losses and until we whittle it down to, you know, what amounts yeah. to four or five by, you know, December 1st, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. And then you look at the others receiving votes. You know, do we know what to expect out of a Dan Mullen led Florida? Not really. Oklahoma State in there. They could knock some, some teams off in the Big 12. Northwestern, I don't know how, exactly how their schedule shakes out. Um, and then, you know, you've got an Iowa State, an Iowa, um, and then more group of five Memphis, Arkansas, Memphis, Troy, Arkansas State, Fresno State all received votes. So those, those, um, you know, non-Power 5 schools getting a little more respect in the preseason, but I'm sure that the, the pollsters will still find a way to keep them out of the uh, top 10 as long as they possibly can. Yeah, probably. Uh, Northwestern, though, is always a dangerous team in the Big Ten, especially since they're in the weaker division. Um, yeah. It just For them, it really depends on who their cross-division games are. Um and if they're at home or away, but like that team is, they won the big 10 a few years ago. Like they're not, they're not perennially, you know, picked to win the the conference, but like those dudes can play. 
and they give everybody a really tough game. I hate playing Northwestern, especially in Chicago as a Michigan fan, because it's always one of those games where I'm like, they can beat us, and they can beat us by two touchdowns if we don't give them the respect they deserve. Right. Well, they open up with a uh, Purdue team tomorrow night um, at Purdue, and it's, you know, that Jeff Brom team, they won a bowl game. They've got some momentum. Um, so Northwestern is not um, starting out lightly. Um, and then they've got uh, Michigan, Michigan at Michigan State in back-to-back weeks. Um, yeah, that'll be tough. Not really too many hurdles. They they get Wisconsin in Evanston. They get Notre Dame in Evanston. Um, they do have to go to Iowa City in early November, but they avoid Penn State. They avoid, avoid Ohio State um, on the crossover. Uh, the crossovers are looks like Michigan, Michigan State, and Rutgers. And, well, uh, Rutgers should be a game they can win for sure. And it's interesting. I didn't realize that Notre Dame heads into Evanston on November 3rd. Uh, so, I, uh, I, would, I would love to see Notre Dame lose that game. Oh, so much. But yeah, that's that's got the right makings of a, a nine and three. Heck, you could even make a case for a, a ten and two year if they knock off Michigan and knock off either Wisconsin or Notre Dame. That might be asking a bit much. 10-2 seems a bit lofty. Yeah, if you squint, it's there. <laughs> yeah, take your glasses off. And, yeah, 8-4 yeah, and four all of a sudden looks like 10-2. and two. So, so, look so at, that's a look at it. Go ahead. I was going to say, when you, but when you look at this top 25, how many teams do you realistically today feel like by the end of November, they still have a realistic shot at the playoff? Um, obviously Alabama and Clemson, like you'd be stupid not to put them in that picture. Georgia as well. If they could, especially, I mean, for them, it came down to the SEC championship game last year, if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken. Um, Wisconsin always has an outside chance just because they're the best team in their division and there's really no challenger. Uh, if Ohio State can get through the first three games without Urban Meyer at the helm, even though he's allowed to ha- be with them this week, which makes no sense, he's suspended for the first three game, the first three games, but he's allowed to be with the team this week. Um, the Pac-12 is not as strong as it used to be, and Washington's got Jake Browning back for his senior year. So if they can get through their conference schedule, I mean, they could easily be undefeated. Yeah, and that's going to be hard to turn down. Oklahoma, again, the Big Twelve is not what it used to be. They've got that new quarterback, Kyler Murray. I mean, there's there's a lot of question marks there, but there's a lot of tools around him. Miami had a great start to the year last year, and then faded down the stretch. Auburn, to me, is always a coin toss. You just, I just don't know what I'm going to get with them. Um, as much as I hate to admit it, Penn State and Michigan State. I mean, again, as part of the the hardest division in football. You know, you beat the teams in your division, in that division, you get the playoff. Um, Notre Dame has no chance just because I hate them and I refuse to give them any credit for anything. I think they're awful, and I think Brian Kelly is a horrible human being and a bad football coach. Wow, Uh, tell us what you really think. So he's the worst. Like, he makes me want to punch him in the throat every time I see him. Uh, He's two-faced, and I can't handle him. Uh, Stanford, 
I, again, Pac-12. I think if the winner of the Pac-12 comes out with one loss or no losses, they have to be in. Um, Michigan sitting at 14. If you if they beat Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State, they have to be in unless they lose to like Rutgers and Maryland. But they haven't been able to do any of that before in Jim Harbaugh's time. Beat Ohio State, beat Michigan State, and beat Penn State all in the same season. Hasn't happened yet. Um, so I think, yeah, the further down the list, the harder it gets. But, I mean, there's probably 10 to 12 teams that have a legit shot early in the season, barring injury or freak losses. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I agree. I think that four of those teams are in the Big Ten. Like, whichever team wins the Big Ten East gets the playoff, regardless of whether or not they lose in the Big Ten championship um, to Wisconsin. And I think the Big Ten could even get two teams in. Um, They could get both teams that are in the Big Ten championship in if the cards fall right and if and how the the losses might shake out. Um, Yeah, I think that would be – I mean, I think a lot of stuff would have to fall right there. It would. You know, you couldn't – you, let's say you couldn't have Ohio State, you know, somehow losing to Michigan and yet still earning a spot in the Big Ten championship game. And then losing to Wisconsin. And then losing to Wisconsin, right? You, you've got to have essentially an undefeated Wisconsin team and a team from the Big Ten West that probably hasn't lost in November, whatever that takes, whatever that looks like. And then an incredibly close game in the Big Ten Championship. I think both get in. Well, that coupled with Georgia or Alabama not doing well and the Pac-12 champion having, like, two losses. Right. Like, there's there's a few outside factors, too, to that. Um, you know, it's not the BCS anymore where we can have Alabama versus LSU in the national championship. You know, two divisional teams going against each other. You know, so – I mean, yeah. the, the Michigan in, in Ohio State's division is the best in football, and that's not even debatable. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we get two Big Ten teams in the final, given all of the ways this could go. But, right. I mean, it's, I, to your point, it is possible, but it would have to just be just right, as you said. Yeah, it's it's like, I, I like on an annual basis, well, except for last year, <clears throat> I, I feel like the way it goes is, and this seems like it'll be a lock this year, but one spot SEC champion, one spot ACC champion, one spot Big Ten champion, and then the fourth is a wild card. Could be the Pac-12 champion. It could be the second-place team in the ACC, SEC, or Big Ten. The Big 12, I think Oklahoma's got to finish undefeated to, to be back in the mix. Um, uh, but they're, they're not a, a one- or two-loss team, I don't think, is going gonna, is gonna to get in just because that – that conference isn't as strong um, as it has been in the past, even though you do have yeah. West Virginia and TCU in the, the top 20. Uh, but, but maybe Texas will surprise us. So yeah, we'll, we'll let it all play out over the next 14 weeks, and we'll check in weekly. But um, I, I think in this week one, I think there's no bigger game than Washington-Auburn. Washington has to make a statement yeah and and maybe this is maybe this is just my anti sec bias but is auburn really a number nine team like i don't want to sound stupid here but 
you have to remember that that they beat both teams that played in the SEC championship yeah, they did last beat year. Georgia and Alabama. That's right. I forgot about that. All right. All right. I I, re, I rescind my previous comment. So the the makings are there. That game is in Atlanta, so it's a a pseudo home game for wow. Auburn. That is interesting. Oh, they're um, probably playing at that Mercedes Benz Stadium. That yeah, yes, rent. yeah. So Washington has an opportunity to make a huge statement in Week One. Now, once November rolls around, that will feel like it happened eons ago, but the opportunity is certainly there. Otherwise, Saturday, um, Notre Dame and Michigan. I, obviously, Michigan can't can't drop that one. Um, uh, I mean, I don't want them to. Not not so much for the morale, or not so much for the 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 playoff sake, because they're going to have opportunities to um, make up for a, a defeat there. But I, yeah. I think for, for Jim Harbaugh's sake and the sanity of your fellow Michigan men and women, they they can't go into South Bend and and, uh, and lose that one. And holy smokes, I've got ESPN pulled up here, the schedule, and they list um, all the StubHub prices. Take a guess at what it take what it's going to cost you just to get in the door in South Bend on Saturday night. Uh, $119. Uh, triple that. What? So, tickets are starting at three ninety two, according to uh, ESPN.com here. Um, well, isn't that what... the definition of supply and demand? My goodness. Uh, yeah, I don't know what uh, what source there. Man, it'd be good to be a good to be a Notre Dame student that doesn't actually want to go to that game. You can yeah, pay I mean, for all your you're paid for your whole semester in books. Most places are, um, you know, a lot of. Top twenty-five teams that are in like the fifty to sixty-dollar range. Well, this is uh, the first time Michigan's played Notre Dame since before Harbaugh was. Harbaugh's never coached against Notre Dame as a Michigan coach. Right. The last time we played was when Brady Hoke was in town, and that's when Notre Dame changed the schedule. And Brady Hoke called Notre Dame chicken for not wanting to play against us. And then Brian Kelly was like, "Oh, this is just a regional rivalry. It's not a national one." And I'm like, "But you're going to play Purdue? Yeah. Okay. Wait for your logic to hold up, buddy." Even uh, I know we're, this wasn't on the rundown, but Washington, Auburn, get in price is forty five dollars. So, yeah, pure insanity there in South Bend. Holy cow! Well, I mean, they're not the schools are like three and a half hours apart, four hours tops. Um, there's going to be there's going to be a very mixed crowd there. Would be my guess. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's under the lights and. Well, it will wind up being under the lights. It's a 6.30 start central, um, so it'll wind up being under the lights. But, yeah, man, there's that that game goes back a long, long, long time, and there's a lot of dislike between the two fan bases. Yes. I can so, imagine. And guess, guess what I'll be doing during that game on Saturday? Uh, we've already discussed this. You're driving, and you're not going to watch it until, like, the end of the season. <laughs> no, I will watch it before we play Western Michigan in week two. No, I I am driving back to Illinois that night to see my my wife and daughter as we are currently living in different states as you know we move. Um, 
which is one of the reasons we haven't recorded in a month is because I've been prepping my house and packing my house and, you know, I'm moving back to the Great Lakes area. Um, but yes, my wife asked me to come uh, for a few days and I have the ability to do so. So I'll be driving and my hope is to watch the game Sunday evening. Um, I, still, I still can't believe you won't listen to it on the radio. Like to, no. that, would, that would pass the time so much quicker. I have so many podcasts to listen to, and I want to watch the game with my eyes. I want to see how Shea Patterson plays. I want to see the defense in action. I want to see uh, how Jim Harbaugh handles it. Like, yeah, the radio is fine, but like, like if we were playing Western Michigan or even SMU, like the radio would be fine. But this is Notre Dame. Like, I need to see this with my eyes. This is. This is going to be a really good test game on the road for uh, a new quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I will wait. I will not get spoiled. I will watch it probably Sunday evening and uh, skip all the commercials. I will be in Lincoln on Saturday night for the debut of the Scott Frost era. And, yep, we're uh... – how Okay, on a, on a scale of like, I don't know, zero to a volcano exploding, how excited are you? to be there for his first game so i think it's like a six and a half oh that's lower than i expected well here's the thing all right so i think him running out on the field in like the first quarter maybe into halftime i think the place will be jazzed and hopefully nebraska's up by like three touchdowns over akron going into halftime and things settle down but I think there's going to be this – I think that the evening is going to peak when Scott Frost runs out on the field and then they receive the opening kickoff and march down in like three electrifying plays and score. And then from then on out, we'll just, we'll just be enjoying the night. Because the following week, an old Big 8, Big 12 rival – in Colorado comes to town for a 2.30 Central ABC kick. And we were talking about ticket prices earlier. They are uh, they're pretty expensive for the following week. So I think that the, the bigger game itself is, the, is next week. But I think just the, the culmination of the offseason, his return, um, all the anticipation will hit its boiling point early Saturday night night game. And then I think – there, it will uh, kind of rebuild going into next week, and then we'll, we'll hit some some peaks throughout the season. More story. I think there will be a lot of storylines ahead of his trip to Ann Arbor in three weeks. Well, yeah, four weeks. Um, so, which shall we shall we let our our uh, dear friends in on a little secret about that game? That's that's sports ball. It's headed to the big house. Yes, Andrew and I, barring anything unforeseen, will be at the big house in Ann Arbor, Michigan on September 22nd. Jake in the University of Michigan Wolverines facing the Nebraska Cornhuskers in what is sure to be a bloodbath. Uh, Not so fast, my friend. (laughs) Easy there. Easy there, sunshine. Scooter or whatever. <laughs> well, as long as tickets aren't three hundred ninety-two dollars, we'll be there. Uh, yeah. In which case, we will be watching it on my TV. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I um, been to the big house once in late October. Had a great time. 
Um, it's a picturesque place to be in the fall, and uh, so I'm quite excited for yeah. uh, Scott Frost's Big Ten opener. And this has been on the schedule for a while. It's not like the NFL where they kind of manufacture some storylines, but his Big Ten opener heading to Michigan, and we'll have to we'll revisit 1997 the week of that game, but. Yeah, we'll finally ha- we'll finally have to have that argument. Twenty years we? later, we'll uh, we'll get to reread reread all the uh, the great storylines, and uh, and maybe we'll even get a where are they now from uh, from one Ryan Leaf. Oh Lord! I mean, we want to talk nineteen. We want to talk <laughs> nineteen ninety seven. Brian Greasy's a yeah. television commentator. Scott Frost is a head coach, and I, I think Ryan Leaf has turned his life around. But but yeah. I, I look forward to three weeks from now. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. And I, I don't know if I've told you this yet, but I plan on making a uh, video of our time in Ann Arbor and at the game, and we can post that on uh, on Instagram or YouTube or something. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes after it's done. But I plan on documenting our uh, – our first Big Ten game together should be a ton it's of tough fun. to it's tough to um, shoot footage with your uh, head in your hands though. <laughs> I didn't say you'd be shooting. I'm taking the footage. Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You see, you're super confident that Scott Frost is going to come into the big house and just lay waste to one of the best defenses in recent college football history. And I, you know. Maybe in a few years, but not this year, my friend. We'll see. Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, and Chase Winovich are going to eat whoever your quarterback is for lunch. I'm, That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm 1-0 in uh, games attended at the big house. So, But I was also there for the uh, Brady Hoke farewell tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are a bit different now. Theoretically. I don't know. We'll see. It could all, it could all go south. Um. Any any uh, other predictions or thoughts before we uh, bid our listeners? I don't adieu? I don't believe so. I'm going to get back to uh, watching the U.S. Open. Really, one of the best two weeks here, uh, tennis and football. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Maybe a NASCAR race on Sunday. I don't even know where they are at this point in the season. I just know they're coming back here in a few weeks. All right. Well, you enjoy the U.S. Open. I am going to. Uh, I don't know. Maybe play some Fortnite. Why not? Go for it. (laughs) All right, man. Good chat. Talk to you later. Bye.